Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color, to developing and engaging male allies, to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19. Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So per the experts, there are two processes in divorce. There's the emotional, and then there's the financial and legal process. And again, per the experts, it's difficult to discern which is actually the more challenging. In my weekly Google search exercise to educate myself, um, and more importantly today to prepare my thoughts and my feelings, the first 10 links that I found on divorce were all on how to handle your divorce online. And my initial reaction, were it that easy, right? The 11th link was all about the surprising divorce for Hulk Hogan. I kept looking. (laughs) But then about two pages down, there was an article that just absolutely, to me, hit the spot. And it was from the Miles Mason Family Law Group in Memphis, Tennessee. And it provided advice in how you navigate those two processes, as well as the five emotional phases that you're likely to go through in the, in the midst of a divorce. And so I'm going to give you a quick summary of those you know, five phases, and you're going to get even greater advice and, and insights from our incredible guests today. But phase number one is denial. And being in denial doesn't mean that you refuse to accept the truth. It's just that it denial comes from being incapable of processing what's happening. Um, they go on to say it's natural to try and avoid conflict. Phase number two, anger. And that anger oftentimes stems from you've been lied to, you've been betrayed, you've been rejected, you've been deceived. You've been misunderstood or mistreated, and and quite frankly, you're being abandoned. And it comes, your anger comes from being pushed into that bad place by someone you trusted. Or this is interesting, you're angry with yourself. You're irritated, you're frustrated and anxious over what's happening in the divorce. You may find yourself worried, impatient, argumentative, complaining. You might drink too much. You might exercise too much. You might eat too much or binge watch too much TV. Your faith has been shaken. But then they go on to say, recognize though that that anger is passion. And so this is where we have to grant grace. You know, it can make people behave in ways that don't reflect who they really are. Phase number three, bargaining that what if stage. What if I'd done more? And this is that struggle they go on to say to find the answers, to draw meaning from what's happening. And it's an attempt to eliminate doubt, to rehash how you got here, and even potentially negotiate a different outcome. Fourth stage, depression. That comes from sadness, grief, and loneliness. And most people will experience some level of depression, even to the point of questioning the purpose of life and pulling back from society that guilt about I'm hurting my kids, you know, I'm dragging them into this and others that you love. And and there's, there's where you see that fatigue, loss of appetite and trouble sleeping, and it can paralyze you. And here's where they say, absolutely reach out for help. You know, if you reach this point and it's that detrimental to you and to your health, talk to a mental health professional about how you're feeling. That fifth phase. This is where you want to be. Acceptance arrives in bits and pieces. And eventually through acceptance, you become that whole person again. You know you're going to be okay. You've come to terms with the divorce and you find clarity and you have more good days than bad. So this incredible law firm goes through to say, hey, look, in our experience, Divorcing spouses will find themselves in each one of these phases, at least for a time. Some experience two or more at the same time. And that exact order isn't necessarily as important as appreciating that you have your own unique journey. 
that you're going through at this point. So if we have all realized anything, life is never prescriptive, right? There is no pattern to how each and every one of us will experience any and all of the personal and professional milestones, those highs and lows that we face. And today in our fabulous discussion, we're going to be sharing stories of the most amazing leaders who navigated this pivot point of a divorce in their lives. And they came out on the other side, all the better and all the stronger. And as always, um, I'm like tearing up as I say this, <laughs> I am so grateful for the vulnerability and the transparency that our guests bring to our show. I am truly humbled by them. I'm Sarah Alter, the host of the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast, and oh so very proudly, the CEO and president of Next Up. And we are joined by an incredible lineup of guests. We have Kathy Caldwell, head of U.S. sales and trade management for Sanofi, Ronnie Nalt, human resources manager at Safeway, and Deborah Alper, licensed clinical social worker in private practice in Chicago, specializing in relational therapy and divorce recovery. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. All right. So, Deborah, kick us off. What joined you in this incredible conversation today? Why are you here other than I know you would never say no to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, thank you, Sarah, for having me here. And um, Kathy and Ronnie, I'm thrilled to be doing this important conversation with all of you. Um, so as Sarah mentioned, I am the, um, I'm in LCSW and the owner of Life Transitions Counseling in Chicago. And my practice is somewhat of a unique practice in that it's exclusive to relational issues. So individuals and couples come to me um, to basically find more satisfaction yeah. in the relationships that they have to understand um, the communication skills that they may be lacking or that may be going awry, to look at their conflict resolution skills. Yeah. And um, from everything from recognizing emotional abuse um, to overcoming relational traumas, it's the focus of my practice is all about the relationships that we have, including the relationship that we have with ourselves and understanding our repetitive patterns that we bring into every interaction that we have. So yeah. um, with that comes kind of a natural fit into people that have gotten to the point of their relationships are not working anymore. Um, I work with couples and individuals, and, um, you know, I I've had a lot of experience with people going through couples counseling and finding that they're not going to make it. And so yeah. Yeah. a big part of my work is helping couples, you know, to use a Gwyneth term, to uncouple um, yeah. in the best of circumstances but oftentimes, it's a lot more emotionally wrought than that. And people yeah, yeah. are not always on the same page in terms of wanting to end a marriage. So a lot of the focus of my work is on that. Yeah, it, it, I love what you've shared, too, that like what's foundational is that relationship with yourself. Yeah, right. absolutely. And, and, and as I hear you share just this incredible service that you provide. It's also, it's then it's about redefining your relationship, right? Like we were together in marriage and now how can we redefine an easier said than done? Right. Right. Well, like I can only imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So Kathy, good morning. Thank morning. you for being with us. So Thank what you. brings you again, same thing. You basically yeah. probably got voluntold. <laughs> Ronnie, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. say, you know, <laughs> So thank you. <laughs> but yeah, what brings you? No, it's, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you, too, for, for having us. Um, I, I wish I had a Deborah 
um, when I went through, through what I went through. And, and it's a, a very passionate subject for me. I, um, and it was at the beginning of my career, I'm happily married now and kids are all grown and, and doing well. Um, but it was the beginning of my career and um, I had been married for 14 years. I had um, a two and an eight year old when I got divorced, the girls were two and eight. I was, so became a single mother um, for eight years. But one of the, the, the reason that I left him was for verbal abuse. Yeah. And, and, and then it was not something that you talked about. And now it's really not even something that you talk about. And it's, and, and Deborah and I talked about this a bit too. It's, um, it's something that you um, can't explain to people. So what I did is I just never told anybody. Um, yeah. So now it's, it's, as I said, it's a passionate subject for me because as I meet women that are going through divorce or I know that there's something else going on, then I always want to offer the fact that I made it. I got out. It Absolutely. took me a long time because as you talked about the phases, I was very angry with myself. I'm a, I'm a successful professional woman, but I could not I could not get myself out of that situation Um, and, and, you know, dealt with a lot of guilt um, for doing that as well. Yeah, no. And again, thank you for, you know, agreeing today to share your story because I know so many people will benefit from hearing that. Yes, you, you can come out on the other side and all the better and stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, Ronnie, Thank you for joining us. Why, why join us? <laughs> <laughs> why not, right? Why not? Um, thank exactly. you and good morning. <laughs> um, so my situation is just a little bit different. Um, I got married at 18, love of my life, however you want to look at it. And um, we didn't have a perfect marriage through those 20 years. We were married 20 years, ups Who and does, downs. Right? You know, yeah. yeah. What marriage is perfect? Please show me that marriage, right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> so we had lost a son going through that, dealing with that. And when you're in a, a marriage that's not strong, you add that excess weight of that. That changes everything. And my ex-husband was one who didn't really like to deal with issues. And so... He made that decision to go have an affair rather than be there to support myself and our two children. And so I was devastated. I thought my life was over. I didn't leave the house for a week. Partly I was sick, but partly that depression that Deborah talked about. And then I talked to my mom and she said, get off the couch. It's time to move on. Let's do this. And, you know, you listen to your mom a little bit, but um, I thought we would get back together. That was just the way we had we had done things in the past. And about three weeks in is when I found out about the woman. And so um, I still in the back of my mind thought we would. But yeah. I was fortunate. I had a good group of girlfriends who had gone through some divorce. So they helped me. Um, I went to work every day and that mm-hmm. was my refuge because mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry. I didn't have to think about it and anything like that. So I um, was very fortunate. Um, luckily, my kids were older, so there wasn't a big, you know, that wasn't a piece of it. Um, they were there to support both of us, um, made a point not to include the kids in, you got to support me, take yeah. my side, take your dad's yeah. side or whatever. And so, um, and then financially, I didn't have the means to, to fight a divorce which is the case sometimes, you know, let's face it. Women don't always make the money back 20 years ago that they do now and stuff. So I had to do it on my own. I did not have an attorney to help me. I did a 20 minute consultation. The attorney wrote everything down for me. I went into court the day before I turned 40, stood at the, in front of the judge by myself. There was an attorney next to my ex-husband and I walked out and went out and had drinks with the girls that night. And Absolutely. Yeah. And so my situation was just a little bit different. Um, Twenty Now I look at it differently. There were things I could have done differently, but I'm the better for it. And I, yeah. Yeah. about four months after he left, I looked back and I never, I made, he made a comment about getting together and talking. And I was as calm as can be and said, I don't have anything to talk to you about. Get your divorce. That's and I awesome. never, ever looked back. Yeah. So you like, I think when, as Ronnie talks about it, one of the things you said, Ronnie was working. And I mm-hmm. think what I did is jumped into that way more than I should have. Right. Like I was, that was the only thing I could control. So I spent yeah. 
much more time doing that and not thinking about myself at all. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. And Kathy, your point about control, I'm sorry, Ronnie, Um, your point about control, I think is so important because when you're going through your life kind of shattering in front of you, Mm -hmm. um, everything that's familiar Mm -hmm. is blowing up and Mm -hmm. it's not just, divorce is not something that you just do. It's not like Mm -hmm. the legal act of divorce. It's something that Mm -hmm. you go through. And you come out differently than where you started. Mm-hmm. So while you're going through this process, it's filled with all of these unknowns and uncertainties and all of the emotions that you were describing, Kathy, in terms of the shame and the guilt and all of the rest of that. You need to try and find what you can control. And oftentimes, yeah. Yeah. it is work. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes, as you had mentioned earlier in the conversation, Sarah, you know, it, it turns to more dysfunctional areas. Mm-hmm. It's drinking. It's right. um, over-exercising, right. overspending. Um, mm-hmm. But your normal, as you know it, disappears. Well, and divorce is not like it just happens today and you're done with it, right? Right. <laughs> right. It's a and long process, you know, either if you're journey. trying to get out of it, going yeah, through what Ronnie right. did, and then coming yeah. out on the other end and having to deal with, even for me too, the financial aspect of that was, yeah, was huge. So, yeah. Yeah. so what's interesting is both of you shared, um, you dove into work, right? Like that became your escape. At, at the point in time that you were going through it, um, were you able to seek like any like support or guidance at work or you felt like, nope, I had, it was church and state here. I had to, I had to separate, couldn't bring this with me to work. And I guess the second question would be, would it have helped or was it better because you were like, look, I can pack this over here and not deal with it when mm-hmm. I'm at work. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? For me, um, I worked in a grocery store at that time. I was not in a a position like this. And so um, a couple of people at work had gone through divorce. So they kind of knew, but everybody knew, no, everybody knows what's going on in a grocery store. We all know that, but it's also our family. So they were very supportive. Um, And so I could take time when I needed it, you know, and I can remember my ex-husband coming in the store one day and he's going to see this woman now, you know, and I go in my off my manager's office and I close the door and I just lose it. I just start bawling. And she looks at me and she goes, you can do this. And it's funny because I still work with her. We both work in a different capacity yeah. backstage. And I saw her yesterday and we were talking about something. I said, do you remember I'm standing and I was telling her I was doing this show and I said, do you remember 20 years ago, me standing in your office crying? Did you ever think I would get here? You know, so I think if without work and resources, you know, I didn't have the financial resources, but I had the personal resources. And I think yeah. that made the biggest difference. Yeah. See, I that's think amazing. I, How about you, Kathy? Yeah. Well, yeah, at Santa Fe, the resources we have now are incredible. And those mm. resources were not available when yeah. I was going yeah. through this. And, and again, I would wish I had had a Deborah during that time as well. Absolutely. And I think, I think the, um, that, that was the hardest part is I didn't have anywhere to go, I, but to the same as Ronnie, my work friends became my lifeline because that's where I was spending all my time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so Deborah, set the stage for us. Like, how common is this, right? Like, what, what we hope, you know, everybody who's listening walks away with is, okay, if you're a leader in a company, you need to walk away and say, hey, what, what do we do to support our incredible employees if they have to navigate this type of a pivot point and how common is this so that everybody appreciates, Oh, wow. It's happening more than I, I know of. Right. And I need to create the environment so that people do share it so I can be there, but set the stage with some stats. Well, I think statistically it's somewhat shocking. Um, Divorce has stayed fairly constant um, over the last decade. Um, fluctuates. I mean, COVID, the rates absolutely, you know, have been going up since then, which is no surprise to anyone when you think about, you know, what it's like to be in a bad relationship and stuck, you know, (laughs) with each other, no, no exits, no, no escape. 
Um, but in general, when, when we think of divorce, what we're looking at is pretty much one out of every two people that are married will end up divorced. Now, the statistics change um, depending, of course, on, you know, length of marriage, on um, whether or not it's your first or second or third marriage. Um, oftentimes, the statistics show that second marriages fail at a rate almost 10% higher than first marriages. So we're looking at about 63% of second marriages that fail. The same thing for third marriages. The rate is even higher with that. Yeah, yeah. So basically what this is all telling us, what all of these numbers tell us, is that the bottom line is divorce happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's happening to mm-hmm. your peers. It's happening to your coworkers, your employees, your mm-hmm. bosses, your friends, you know, the, the people that are in your life servicing you in some way um, who you might just think are, well, you know, what's wrong with them today? Um, what's wrong with them today is maybe they're going through a divorce. Um, right. It's right. pretty preve- it's prevalent all across the board. So with that, we have to think about, you know, with companies. Now, it sounds like Kathy and Ronnie, both of you had, um, you know, kind of the outlet to um, throw yourselves into mm-hmm. the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But oftentimes the very opposite thing happens. And right. that is that productivity falls off, mm-hmm. that absenteeism gets higher. Um, so from a mental health standpoint, I think the important thing is, is that we look at divorce similar to how we look at bereavement and policies that companies have for that. Because in some ways, going through a divorce mm-hmm. is the death of life as you've yeah. known it. Yeah. And that's quite dramatic, but it oftentimes is true. So if we think about it that way, um, as leaders, what policies, um, what can be in place to help people instead of making it kind of like, well, that's your personal life, Keep that on the back burner. We don't feel that way when someone has a death in their family. And divorce needs to be looked at in a similar light. It must be especially worse now, right, with COVID and not being able to, you know, talk with other people about it. Yeah. 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 And it's that, and and you're suggesting too, I I hear, Deborah, the community, right? So that community that you could go to. and, And I don't no, like I think about all of our partners, um, our incredible partners, which, you know, both Ronnie and Kathy's incredible companies are. We love them, <laughs> Santa, Santa Fe and Safeway Albertsons. But I don't know if there's a divorced ERG or BRC, like business resource group that exists. Our, our partners at Nestle have, have, and it's the first I've heard of, they have a mental health ERG. Mm-hmm which, you know, that stats one in five, you know, um, any individual in the given year will have a mental health episode, but one out of every two people. Yeah. And to your point, Deborah and, and, and Kathy and Ronnie, you've reinforced it too. It's like, you just didn't bring that to work. You dealt with that on your own. Right. And, and what we want to leave our audience with is like, oh no, you know, we now have shifted our expectations and for our employers, like you, you need to deal with the whole me, <laughs> you know, <Right>. like <laughs> there's a whole lot to me and, and I bring right. it all. Um, so we're going to take a quick, short commercial break, but don't leave us because as we, as we come back, we're going to dive into, um, you know, all the great advice that Ronnie and Kathy and, and Deborah have to helping you navigate you know, this pivot point, um, you know, successfully and, and how you, you juggle it and balance it with all of the other great dynamics and dimensions and people in your life. So I want to thank everybody who's been listening so far to our Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. You can always check us out at nextupisnow.org for more information on Next Up and all of our shows. We'll be back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Network of Executive Women is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing all women and transforming our workplaces through the power of community. We are a growing community of more than 13,500 professional women and men, representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. We are a strong, collective voice for everyone in the corporate world who wants to see gender equality become a reality, and we welcome all who champion our cause. Members of new gain access to a broad network of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development. Corporate organizations also gain access to DEI solutions, which fosters a more inclusive and productive work culture. Plus, members can engage across news 22 regional communities and attend two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and leadership. Join Network of Executive Women today. Visit newonline.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member of NEW. That's newonline.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Network of Executive Women? Visit our website today at newonline.org. That's newonline.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. So welcome back. You are listening to Sarah Alter and the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And I'm joined today by the incredible Kathy Caldwell, head of U.S. sales and trade management for Santa Fe, Ronnie Nelt, human resources manager at Safeway, and Deborah Alper, licensed clinical social worker. And we're talking about how do you navigate one of those more personal and emotional pivot points in your life, divorce. And Ronnie, okay, we're going to lead off. You you need to, we, as we were on break, she told the most incredible story and all of us unanimously were like, okay, Ronnie, you have to share that. So fire away, my friend. <laughs> so as um, Deborah had mentioned, as she was talking at the very beginning, she was talking about finding me and being yourself. Absolutely. And so um, my ex-husband and I were at an event um, and the kids were there and, and stuff. Our divorce was final by then. And he made a comment or he was saying something to me or whatever, talking to me. And then I looked at him and I said, you know what? There's someone new in my life. And he said, I know, I know you're dating, da, 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 da. And I said, no, it's me. I said, I <laughs> get that. to be me. I get, I'm still a mother, but I get to be me. I don't have to live by anybody's expectations. I don't have to live up to somebody else's, yeah. what they so think awesome. I'm supposed to be. So I found me through all of this, whether it was good or bad, 
what you get, you know, this is me now. So thank you. I love that. I love that. I wish I had thought of that too, Ronnie. (laughs) I don't, like I said, I'm not sure where it came from, but it came out. (laughs) You know what though, Ronnie, it's so beautiful because what you're talking about is, you know, in the first part of the show, you know, we've talked about a lot of the emotional weight of divorce Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. heaviness that you have to get through. Um, And we talked about divorce as a process of which it is. Um, You go through it. Sarah, you know, you read the list um, from that law firm, which I thought was brilliantly done. I know. Um, I think of divorce also as a process. So there's the decision making in leading up to it. There's the going through it, which can be so devastatingly Mm -hmm. overwhelming Mm -hmm. um, from both legal and financial and um, just never mind the heartache that oftentimes accompanies it. But what you're talking about, Ronnie, is the third part of it, which is the new normal. How do you create that new life? And the best way what comes from it is when you find who you are, when you find your core, Mm -hmm. um, it gives you the foundation to then build on you know, on what life now looks like after the, you know, all of the trauma good is away. So I think what you described was just beautiful. I loved it. I know. Thank you. Gosh. (laughs) All right. So, so let's shift into, um, okay. What, what do you wish you'd known as you were navigating this journey? And um, as we talked about, there are just so many phases and, but it's, you know, Kathy and Ronnie and, and Deborah will absolutely tap into your, you know, thought leadership and expertise. But Kathy, what do you wish you had known? Like what advice and guidance would you give to others? Um, that you're not stuck, right? Yeah. I felt yeah. like I was stuck and that I couldn't get out of it. Um, and I felt that way for quite a long time. Like it's like we were talking about earlier, divorce doesn't just happen in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I was stuck. Um, and and that and I should have known that others were going through the same thing, and that others were also going through verbally abusive relationships and not able to explain yeah. what was happening, right? Yeah. And and um, and having a counselor that would say, "Hey, this is not a healthy relationship. You need to get out of it." Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had. I wish I had had that. Um, and I wish I had known then to do something for myself and not and not just put everything into work, which is not healthy. And then to not work is not healthy either, right? Either one right. is healthy. I wish I had taken the time to stop every day and say, you've got this, you can do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Ronnie, I see you shaking your head. What, what would your <laughs> advice and guidance be on this? <laughs> um, you know, they say divorce isn't easy. Life in general isn't easy. We all have ups and downs. Um, I wish I too had had resources like, you know, counseling and stuff. I had resources I could go to, like you said earlier, to deal with that death of a son, but nowhere did I, could I find anything in the yellow pages? So I'm dating myself here with the yellow pages. (laughs) Um, There was nowhere for me to go find a counselor to help me navigate divorce. Um, So it was a learning opportunity for me and it, but it helped me learn who I was but it gave me the confidence I didn't really have. I had low self-esteem, which we all do in those situations, but I just had to know I had kids that I Mm -hmm. still had to be there for. And I didn't want them to see me weak, you know, as a mother, you want your kids to look up to you and two boys, you know, to look up to your, uh, to me as their mom. So I think I focused on my work because I couldn't, I could do that. And then I focused on my kids, but the biggest piece is have those days where you go in your room and cry and, you know, just do it. Cause those yeah. are releases for you. And I think, and, and there's a stigma that does go along sometimes with divorce. And, you know, 20 years ago, people mm-hmm. would look at you, you're mm-hmm. divorced. So knowing that if you're divorced, there's a reason, own it and move on is the way mm-hmm. I look at it. You know, it's, yeah, it's not the worst thing in life. I will say that. How about that? Yeah, no. And, and, and I see strength in both of you because, you know, sadly, I grew up in a family where, 
my parents should have gotten divorced mm. and they didn't. Yeah. And so yeah. I see strength in both of you, you know, as mothers and as women and um, to your very point, right? Like it just, it wasn't socially acceptable. Yeah. But as a mother then too, you yeah. have, you're making the decision to leave him, but they're still, they're still a part of that relationship, right? So that there's a big struggle internally with that is that you've improved your life, but you feel like you've left them kind of in the middle and behind. So, yeah. Well, and, and I think and, that that's, I'm sorry, go ahead, Kathy. No. I mean, go ahead, Ronnie. Oh, oh, I was going to say, I too, I grew up in a family. Um, my dad was an alcoholic and left when I was young, but my mom did a great job with all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was a good piece for me. But the thing that my mom never, ever did after my dad left was never tell a bad word against my dad to us. And so I had to remember that with my yeah. kids. Yeah. We, but they, my kids were older, so they could see it for themselves. But that's one thing that I learned is I'm divorcing their father, or he's divorcing me because it was his choice. Um, but we are not taking the family circle away from the kids. And so for women who, right. to me, that's the biggest piece. We as women own that piece of it. And sometimes the men don't own that piece of it in a divorce. So I always yeah. remember that with my mom, never, ever saying she shared lots of fun stories, but never shared a bad word. And I think that was the biggest piece for me that I had to remember that can't turn the kids against their dad. Exactly. So so remind me, Kathy and Ronnie, did did you both with your first husbands go through counseling or no, I did not. You did not. We we had just started going to counseling with like uh, with a minister. I think it was. Okay. And it, and it was interesting. I think Deborah and I talked about this before. Is that I had one or two sessions, and he said to me, "You need to get out." Yeah. yeah. Which and and it like was such yeah. like all it's it's like I needed somebody to tell me that that it was okay. Yeah. And I'm so happy that you had a professional. Um, be able to validate your reality because oftentimes when you're in an emotionally abusive relationship, um, one of the consequences of it is that you're gaslighted and you're told that you're being ridiculous, you're being too dramatic, you're being too sensitive. <laughs> and sometimes professionals who are not trained in understanding what verbal and emotional abuse looks like can it actually end up doing more harm than good in terms of mm -hmm. focusing not on the abuse, but on, you know, well, you need to be more flexible. You need to be less sensitive. Let's talk about maybe gentler ways that you guys can communicate, mm -hmm. which does a huge disservice to couples. So I'm thrilled that you actually had the experience of someone seeing you and saying, mm -hmm. take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think the amazing thing now is, um, you know, as we all were forced, right, to shift to that full virtual world, you know, and journey, <laughs> you can go online, as I shared at the beginning, and like Google it, right? And so that, you know, and maybe, you know, Deborah, beyond yourself, clearly we all highly recommend you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank but, you. But, you know, like go yes. online, right? There's yes, got to there be many, many, many well versed therapists out there that can and, help. And that's so important. And that's really the first place to start, not the lawyer, but the therapist, yeah. right? So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And honestly, if you're looking for a therapist and you're doing a Google search, you know, um, you're in the type of marriage that, you know, there is some form of emotional abuse. You want to make sure that when you're doing a search, that that's something that you discuss. How familiar are you with the concept? And the hard thing is that sometimes you don't even realize that you're being emotionally abused because you've been convinced that you're just seeing it all wrong. So yeah. it, it's I'm suggesting something that might not be possible for everyone, but if you have an kind of inclination that there's something wrong here, you know, this just, I should not be feeling so bad about myself 
all the time. Um, to be able to talk to a therapist in terms of their level of expertise that they have with navigating divorce, with navigating complex relationships. Absolutely. So organizations, leaders, what, let's give advice now, you know, for that leader who's listening, that company, what should they be doing to, you know, uh, you know, make it, apparent to everyone, like, hey, if you are having to navigate this, here's how we can support you. And what would your advice be on that? Because as, as I think, as we shared, and I don't think it's really changed much across most companies, even these days, like what, what advice would we give? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I'm, you know, I don't work in a corporate environment, but From a mental health standpoint, what I would say is that corporate leaders should be looking at their policies in terms of time off, in terms of um, reassignment of of work, Um, how you can, when employees are struggling because of a divorce, if they come forward. And if it's learned that they're going through divorce, one can, assert, one can assume that they're going to be struggling and there's going to be, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, behavioral changes in the workplace. Now, whether it's overworking um, or, Kathy, to your point, underworking, you know, leaders have to be able to open up the conversations with their employees in terms of creating kind of a new normal for the workplace while they're going through this process. What yeah. do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe their custody schedule of the kids have changed. Maybe they need to be at school mm-hmm. at times that they, you know, that their spouse would have done the pickups before. Um, mm-hmm. It's being able to open up the topic, I think, mm-hmm. and not have it be so separate because, well, that's your personal life and you should not be bringing your personal life into work. It has to be a more holistic approach in, in my opinion. I love the idea, Sarah, that you said about the ERGs. Right. I, I think right. I mean, Santa Fe has tons of support in, in, in other ways and I can mention that, but um, I love the idea of a, a, a divorced family ERG, right? Like yeah. where you can spend time and, and at least be have a place to bring it up. Yeah, I think it's a community. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it, 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 we've talked about this as well, mental health. So it's, this is, that's where you would tap into, you know, the fact that companies need to be providing dental vision and mental health. And, you know, you know, it's like that needs to be provided and this clearly it's an emotional journey. So you could leverage into those types of resources. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, we have a um, we have an on-demand chat, mental health for mental health, that you can wow. uh, emotional support is a, is what it's called. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. Wow. Um, we have like face-to-face counseling that you can do um, on Zoom, um, which is great, and all of that is part of the company benefits. Um, that's we wonderful. Have, yeah, we have this mm-hmm. service too that you know, would have been great to have then. That you could actually um, call in, and they can help you find a nanny. They can help you find, you know, mm. for, you know, part time help or anything, which we of course did not have at that time. I'm sure Ronnie, you didn't have that then either. We we did not, but we do have now. Um, we use EAP, Employee Assistance Program, and um, it does offer the counseling, free counseling sessions and stuff. But exactly. what I think a lot of people don't realize what it also offers is there is a network of um, lawyers that we have access to at a discounted price. Um, well, of so, that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it has other services. It can help you, like um, Kathy was saying, with child care places. And I can tell you, um, I would have loved to have had that because I didn't have the financial resources at that time. Mm-hmm. But having that for anything um, is fantastic. And we use them a lot as well. When we have things going on in a store, like if an employee passes in the store, we send an EAP counselor to that store to help our 
associates. And so that's why I think everybody always just gets to the thing. It's just their individual, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's it's a great, great organization. And I've no, I've helped a few people look at I've used it to help a few people to find lawyers to help them with different things, you know. So um, it's a great, great opportunity for any company to have anything like that for their employees. And even aside from the mental health piece of it is the, Ronnie, you mentioned this too, is the financial support. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of financial services that are free to yeah. the employees that they can use. Um, yeah. That would have been really helpful. Then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and we have um, also Safeway Albertsons. We have what we call our We Care program, which is a fantastic program where it is um, as employees. It's funded by us, so we can put up to you know however much money we want to donate out of our paycheck each week. And then when employees are going through a hardship, they can apply for some wow. sort of aid. That's so incredible. yeah, so last oh, year in right. Oregon. We went through all these fires. Let's throw pandemic pandemic out there. Now let's throw fires. And right, so that right. that piece of the organization was used to help the hundred the twenty seven employees that lost their homes completely till their insurance and things like that kicked in and stuff. So those are programs that we fund as employees, and you don't even have to be putting into it to use it. So that is something twenty years ago wasn't there either. So. And I that, love that and it's, it's it's funded by all of you. Like each one yes. help one, right? Mm-hmm. Like yep. that's yep. fantastic. Yeah. So absolutely things like that would have been a great, I think all companies, most of them probably have those types of programs. It's whether or not the employees know what it is and what's available to right. them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. let's give some final thoughts. I'll give you couple seconds here to gather your your pearls of wisdom, but um, <laughs> would love, um, and I'm sure there are many pearls of wisdom with all three of you brilliant ladies, um, final thoughts on, on advice you would give someone who is navigating this journey or, or a leader or a company and what they can do to help support that person. Um, I'll go alphabetically. So Deborah D, we're going to start with you. And so okay. Kathy, you know, you're next. And okay. then Ronnie, we are wrapping it up with you. All right. So my final thought is if you are going through a divorce, contemplating divorce, it starts with, I, I starts with really giving yourself grace Um, the process that you are about to enter, no one understands unless you've really been through it and know how complicated and how far-reaching the impact of it has on you, on your family, and on your life in general. And I would just say um, to understand that who you are today does not necessarily mean that's who you're going to be when all of this is done. Um, There's growth in divorce. There's wisdom in divorce. There's craziness in divorce. There's anger. It runs the full gamut. But just because you're at the stage that you are shut down and depressed or angry and rebellious or doesn't mean that that's where you're stuck forever. And to give yourself the grace to go through the process. That would be my final takeaway from it. So well said, Kathy. Thank you. Well, that's hard to top because I like I, would <laughs> I know. So I what I wrote down when you said that was do something for yourself, which is all about the grace that Deborah talked yeah. about is I love yeah. that to give yourself grace. Do something for yourself, get help, ask for help. Um, don't be afraid to do that. And if something you think something's wrong, then something is probably wrong. wrong. Uh, and get some help. Okay, Ronnie, wrap us up. <laughs> so I would say um, we all, whatever life throws at us, we figure out a way to get through it. And I just, I agree. You've got to look at find yourself in it, 
Are you going to be that same person on when you from when you started to when you end? No. Are you going to be okay with some of the decisions that you make or some of the things you do? Um, own it is the way I look at it. Own it. Yeah. Be responsible. Yeah. Um, but don't ever be afraid to ask anybody for help and don't ever be afraid. Don't always have guilt. I mean, Kathy got out of a situation. Why be guilty for that situation? Um, yeah. There's divorce. There is nothing wrong with divorce, um, you know, and don't be shamed that feel shame because you got a divorce. It's it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I am in awe of all three of you. Thank you so much for (laughs) joining me today. What a great conversation, right? Every every time we wrap up these shows, it's like, oh, we need two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So. I want to thank everybody who listened in today. I know you are walking away, you know, all the more informed um, by this incredible conversation and these three incredible people. Um, I want to thank Voice America for giving me a next step, this opportunity to share our voice and our mission with all of you, but more importantly, to shine the spotlight on incredible leaders like those who are with me today. So next week, we're going to talk about the language of diversity. And what I mean by that is, what do you say and what do you not say? To learn more about Next Up and listen to all of our podcasts, check us out at nextupisnow.org. I'm Sarah Alter, and thank you for always listening. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.